Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, no, I've been, my trouble is whenever I speak, I'm like a caged tiger, and I've been warned I'll be shot if I go out of pictures. No, this, this, this word has been bubbling away in me for about a year. And slowly, you know, the Lord gives you a scripture and then he gives you an illustration and then he gives you a story. But over the last few weeks, there's been a building up and, and an increase. And, and last week, it felt like both Wayne in his um, notices and Steve in his preaching. It's like they've stolen me notes. They've stolen me notes. And, yeah, they did. <laughs> Wayne had them in advance. And, and, you know, as you say, the, it, it sort of built up. And, and one of the things that was the final confirmation for me was about three weeks ago when I, I met uh, for a breakfast with Wayne and we talked about this. And uh, I'll share him what, what I'm going to be talking about. And um, immediately afterwards, I went back home. And there was a young lady from the street who comes round the houses and cuts your hair. Right? So she's set up in the, in the kitchen and I sit down. And she says, well, what have you been doing so far this morning then? So what do you say? We just had breakfast with church leader. Oh, really? Did you do that? Yeah, had breakfast. Well, why is that then? Well, I'm going to be preaching for the first time in a few weeks' time. Really? What are you preaching about? So I told her. More or less. Slight variations. And it started a great conversation. More of that story in a minute. Because what the Lord's been saying to me is, it works. There are three ways, perhaps, in which any of us have come to faith. There are those people who were born into Christian families. You know, first went to church when they were like two weeks old. And they grew up and they grew up underneath their parents' faith. And then at some time they stepped out from underneath their parents' covering and took their own faith. Anybody in here own that one? I know one or two, yeah, there's one or two people. So, so that's great. And then you've got the second ones, a bit like Saul, Paul, on the road to Damascus. All of a sudden God intervenes and there's no human involvement whatsoever. You pick up a Bible and Jesus leaps at you. Nobody is in the room with you. Anybody have that? I mean, I, can, I would imagine there's fewer of those. But has anybody here can say to that? That is brilliant. As, the, as they say, I see that hand. Um, but I guess the majority of them, and I'd fit myself into this character, is there was somebody who was integral in my coming to faith. Their witness, what they did, how they did it, the conversations they have with me, the encouragement. And I, I, I don't know for you, but with me, it was multiple people over a period of time, although for me it was quite a short period of time, 10 weeks. But there were multiple people involved, each taking me that step nearer. And, and yes... Go on, hit it, there it is. And that is... So it's, this, it's, it's a longer story, not a five-minute notice, but it's still the same topic. Witnessing our faith to our neighbours, one-to-one. That's what I'm wanting to, to bring with us um, this morning. It's a, it's a bit of a word, but it's, 
It's me, really. This is a bit of me bearing my soul. This is me telling you my story. Right back over the last 48 years, October 1975, it began. Sharing my story, telling people, being a witness. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I've got time. There's so much more we could unpack here. The, the uh, Receiving the power of the Holy Spirit to inform and shape our witnessing is so important. And I don't want to scoot over it, but, but there you go. But I want to, if you'll allow me to add something to that scripture. If the, there you go. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, my street, my town, my community. We are called, that's our calling. Witnessing is not something that that person at the back does over there. That's every single one of us. And obviously, when you're preparing these things, one of the things I thought to do is, I wonder what that word witnessing is in Greek. Random thought. It's something called martus. M-A-R-T-U-S. Now, the moment I read that, I thought, oh, no. Martus. My witnessing is going to be when I'm burnt at the stake or stoned in the streets of Poynton for squeaking for Jesus. But you'll be relieved to know it's not. The sense of that word witness is if something happened at the back here and somebody came in and said, did you see what happened? Did you witness it? Court of law. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I saw a guy walked in with a swag on his back. I'm a witness. It was him at the back. That's the witness. It's telling our story. It's not, we're not called, well, perhaps some are, but have massive debates on the, uh, the Trinity and deep intellectual philosophical debates on the finer points of Christianity. Let me out of that one. But it's me telling my story. It's me saying, this is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. And as I say this morning, it's me saying, this is my story. So I want to take you back 48 years, if I may. October 1975. But as I tell the first part of my story, I don't want you to focus on this. I want you to focus on a person called Andy, who will enter our story in a few minutes. Think about what's going on for Andy. You see, October 1975, I arrived fresh-faced, not saved, not a Christian, at university. Oh, a nice guy, you know. I'm not one of these people with a a testimony of sex, drugs and rock and roll I've been delivered from. I was a nice guy, but I turned up at university, didn't know anybody in Exeter, did not know a soul. So the first, I think it was the first or second day, I'd go into the refectory to get me me meal, and I'd get me tray, and I'd get me meal, and then I'd walk out into this big room with tables everywhere, all with one person sat at them. Because they didn't know anybody either. And you know, we're British, aren't we? How can I sit down such as to maximise the distance between me and anybody else? They might be axe murderers. Or they might discover that I... No. Um, 
they might be axe murderers. So how can I... Oh, the end of a table over there with nobody at it. But then I thought, no. That table over there has four rather pretty young ladies sat at it. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, most of this stuff is before I was a Christian, okay? <laughs> four rather pretty young ladies. And they're laughing and joking. So let's go for it. You know, why not? So he said, excuse me, can I join you? Yeah, so we sit down and, you know, we do the usual stuff. Hi, my name's Jeff, blah, blah, blah. Where, you've, where are you from? What are you studying? All that type of stuff. Are you in your first year? Yeah, all this, all this stuff. So we have our meal together. Remember them? Andrea. But everybody calls me Andy. Remember? Uh, Yeti. Proper name, Yvette. Sarah, and I think the fourth one was somebody called Annie, can't be sure. They came to be good friends. But Andrea, at the end of the meal, Andy says to me, Jeff, do you want to come up to my room for coffee? <laughs> Been here less than a day, and I've pulled already. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on then, Andy. She says, she says, you can help me put up my posters. What? I've got some posters for the wall. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's go and put up your posters then. So we go up to her room, and she gives me a cup of coffee, and then she puts up the first of her posters. My heart sank. <laughs> oh no, I've got a god brother. How soon can I get out of here? What do you think of my poster? She says. Go very nicely over there. Um, and then she looks at me. She said, because I'm a Christian, you know. Are you? How do you answer that? Well, yeah, of course I am. Uh, thinking, thinking, blah, 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 blah. when I get married, I've got married in the Church of England. And then a clincher. If we have any children, we'll get them, you know, baptised in the Church of England. Because that's what Christians do, don't they? Christians do that, so doing that makes you a Christian. Cracked it. <laughs> to which Andy says, um, that's great, Jeff. There's a little bit more to it. Can I tell you? And then she utters, I know this is 48 years, but this phrase is etched on my memory, almost word perfectly, 48 years later. She says, what I'm about to tell you is either the biggest con trick the world has ever seen or it's the truth and it'll change your life forever. I mean, how can you not respond to that? Uh, okay, let me finish my coffee and get out of here. Two or three days later, I'm sat in Andy's room again. What do you think of that message, she said. I said, well, I've thought about it. I mean, you can't stop thinking about a message like that. Biggest contract the world has ever seen, or it'll change my life forever. So I thought about it. Yeah, I've, I've spent some time thinking about it. What do you think? She said, do you want the honest answer? Yeah. It's the biggest contract the world has ever seen. This religion's rubbish. It's nonsense. It's in your mind. Well, I haven't got time to go into the next ten weeks of discussions, debates, points I raise, things she demolishes. But eventually, uh, there's a wonderful story there, but again, I haven't got time. Ten weeks later, I give my life to the Lord.
it is true. And it has changed my life forever. Uh, But I said I wanted you to focus on Andy, not me. How brave was she? Courage was one of the words Steve used last week. What courage? First day at her first day at university meets a handsome young man. (laughs) (laughs) Meets a handsome young man and, and, and looks him in the face and says, I'm a Christian, what about you? Surely she should have kept her, you know, kept her, you know, kept quiet, built a friendship, slowly got to know me better, and I can get to know her. And then one day I would say, Where do you and Sarah and Yeti and Annie disappear off to every Friday night? You know, I come round on Friday night, want a cup of coffee and all that. Oh, we go to a Christian union, do you know what? Don't you? I, she could be wonderful and wait for me to notice. But no. I'm a Christian. What about you? How brave? What could have happened? I could have rejected her. I could have ridiculed her. I could have gone around the university campus saying, don't go, if she offers you a cup of coffee, run for your lives, mate. (laughs) I could have done all that. I could have made life quite unpleasant for her, couldn't I? I could have faced rejection, a bit like Christ did on the cross. I could have really made her life misery. She took a risk. She was a risk taker. And really, that's what I want to talk about. Because that's the life I want to live. To be a risk taker. She... was not ashamed of the gospel. Another reference I was planning to use, and Steve really used it a lot last week, didn't she? She wasn't afraid of the gospel. Because it's power for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew, to the Gentiles, to, the, to my, your friends, to my inhabitants of Poynton, my street. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I faced that image, didn't I? A few weeks ago, I told you, when the hairdresser said, where have you been this morning? What could I have said? Another couple of stories. Um, Neighbour, neighbour of ours lived across the street. Um, Just COVID was coming to an end. You know, you're allowed in each other's gardens and they invite us across a cup of tea and a piece of cake and we're sat sort of each end of of the lawn. And we think, and they're telling us about their poorly son and the struggles they have with their poorly son. I won't give names out of confidentiality issues. Well, full stories, but it was quite a story. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. As you know, we're Christians. Our Bible tells us to pray for the sick. Can we pray for your son? Can we pray for you? Could have kept quiet. Another one, the one that still makes me smile. Um, I'm walking along the street, and on the other side of the road is another neighbour, all dressed in lycra. She's been out running, but she's limping like what's it. What's happened? When I was out for a run and I pulled a muscle in my legs, agony, I'm just limping home. Do you mind if I pray for you? 
It was hilarious. I was on one pavement. We got a whole road, and she's on the other pavement. The Lord, I speak authority. And I prayed for her. Now, before you think I'm standing up saying, what a wonderful man I am, you can count on the number of fingers of one hand, the number of times something like that. There's sort of three stories there, isn't it? We've lived in that street for five years. That's an average of once a year I squeak for Jesus in the street. But I want to do more of that. I told you this is my story, this is my test. I'm going to say this is what I'm going to... This is the future for me. And I'm sticking my neck out and telling you about it. Um, a, a guy I used to know, he was the leader of a church we were in at the park, said to me once, and it really took me by surprise when he said it, here you go, the primary purpose of every relationship with an unsaved person is to win them to Christ. The primary... You may think you're their boss, they're your boss, they're your next-door neighbour, they're your friend, the person you go and do golf with, the person you go and do what with, you may think that's, that's what it's all about, to have a neighbour, a friend, a boss, a support, whatever. No. Your primary purpose, my primary purpose, of every single non-Christian I have a relationship, is to win them to Christ. Yes, I want, to, I want it when I was working. I wanted to be a good boss. Yes, I want to be a good neighbour. Yes, I want to lend the neighbour something. Yes, I want to be a good neighbour. But my primary purpose is to win them to Christ not to be a good neighbour, a good friend. Every single relationship. Another minister that we used to sing to, used to go away to a summer camp. And he was an evangelist. And he used to stand up and preach. There may have been 20,000, oh sorry, 2,000 people in the tent. But I used to feel he said this to me. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And he used to do this. He used to say that, and then he'd go to one side, and he'd listen, and he'd look me straight in the face, as well as the other 2,000 people in the tent. And he said, what is it about the word go you don't understand? All these things are coming back to me now. Can I... Can I introduce you to somebody else? Has anybody ever heard of him, Edmund Locard? Anybody know who Edmund Locard is? No. Edmund Locard is the father of forensic science. Sue and I love those programmes. You know, in the first opening phrase of the television programme, somebody gets murdered, and our heroes then spend 45 minutes finding out who it is. And in the bowels of the building is the scientist who takes the glove and turns it inside out and finds their fingerprints, or analyses the blood and says, there's two types of blood here, the victim's blood and the other one, that must have been the person that murdered them. The scientist, forensic science. Edmund Locard was the father of that. And he said, every contact leaves a trace. Every person you have ever spoken to. You left a trace on their lives. So my question is, if I've left an impression on every person I've ever met, what's that impression? If you get to know me, what excites me? 
what's the first things you find out of me? God, Manchester United. But they're not my favourites. My favourite's Country City. I was born and bred there. It's funny. I love, I love the garden. Gardening is so fantastic, isn't it? Gardening is oh, so great, great. What do you do for... Oh, I, I accompany school trips to the battlefields of Europe. That's really exciting. Or do you find out I'm a Christian? Or do I hide it? Do, do you have to... You know, six, six months, 12 months later, somebody says, you know that Jeff? He's, he's a Christian. Yet. Is he really? I wouldn't have known. Oh, I suppose he's a nice guy. He never mentioned it. Can't be that important to him then, can it? Uh, another, another story to my detriment. Leave university, get my first job, administrative job. I'm sat at my desk every day. You know, administrative jobs, there's a pile of stuff in the in-tray, but at the end of the day, it's got to be out in the out-tray. And sat next at the death net to me, it was somebody else. And as you do on a Monday morning, what do you do over the weekend? What do you do over the weekend? She says, wow... Fantastic. Saturday night, we went up the speedway. Coventry bees, they're the best. They're brilliant, Coventry bees. And there's a guy, our lead for cycler, he's, he's a guy by the name of Ollie Olsen, and we all go, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. It's fantastic. What did you do over the weekend, Jeff? Well, I went to church twice on Sunday. That's really good. That was really good. I really enjoy church. And Friday night, me and a few mates run a youth group, and... Uh, yeah, that's good as well. And we always go in for a curry into town afterwards. And that's, that's really great. Six months later, here you go, I'll let you guess. Two stories. Which story? One is, she's going to church, she's really enjoying it. The other one is, I'm going to Speedway. What do you reckon? <laughs> Who's the better evangelist? I won't tell you who, who what it is. But all I will say is, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. The people that we know. What's that phrase? If I was arrested and charged with being a Christian, would who stuck these two bits of paper together? Who would there be enough evidence to convict me? <laughs> Got it. Would there be enough evidence to correct to convict me or is Christ so peripheral to my life when people said oh, covid was terrible what got you through lockdown well it was the garden really it's great i really enjoyed the garden every day couldn't go out spent me time in the garden the garden kept me going through lockdown or well, it was Jesus, actually. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He kept me going, spending my time with him every day. I don't know. I can tell you there were times when that was the answer and there were times when that was the answer. I'm ashamed of the times when the garden was the answer. So, I was tasked with 30 minutes. I have no idea how close I am. I didn't look at the clock when I stood up. I'm standing before you now and making a commitment. I told you this was my journey. I'm standing up here and making a commitment. I had a lovely uh, meal on, uh, on Friday night. Rhoda, uh, Rhoda came around. It's amazing how, when she was, to, where is she? 
And she was talking at me about the things that made her tick. I'm thinking, yeah, that's in the message. Yeah, that's in the message. Yeah, that. And I said, I'm on this journey, and I'm saying to you, and I said to her, I want to go further down this message. I want to be a better witness for Jesus. I want to squeak for Jesus. There's a lovely song, um, I don't care if people know I'm a Jesus freak. Jesus freak, long time ago. I can't even remember the name of the band now. Um, if I'd really organised, they could have played it as I walked off the stage. Um, but I want to stand up and I want to be a Jesus freak. And I'm making that commitment to everybody here. I want to... Somebody preached it recently, didn't they? Pray, pray, pray and occasionally fast. Everything decent is birthed in prayer. But once I birth it in prayer, I want to proactively... See that word there? That's a nasty word, that is. Proactively make contact with people. Not sit and wait for them to knock at the door and ask to be saved. Go out and make contact with people. Bless them. We tried to do that a year ago, didn't we? And when we bless people and take them cakes, do we just go, I brought you some cakes, bless you? Or do you say, I was praying for the street the other day and God said he wanted me to bring these to you because God loves you. See, it's a big difference, isn't it? It's a cake and God has told me to bring you the cake. Do we still do that? Am I going to tell them my story? Am I going to be a risk taker? To be a better witness? Take those God-given opportunities to witness, pray for them, and take them. Take the initiative and bring, in a non-confrontational way, you know, we're not going to walk up to somebody in the street and say, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? No, no. But find non-confrontational ways to say, I'm a Christian. What about you? All right, a version of that. That's what I'm saying to you. This is going to be my life going forward. And I'm making this, and all you people on this, you can send me a message and say, Jeff, it's been two weeks since you preached that word. What have you done with it? Don't preach it, live it. Boy, am I being silly saying that to you. And I want to invite them to all the things that we do. Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Get to know somebody and say, hey, we've got this quiz, we've got this, we've got that, we've got the other. Come along and see what we're like. Can we have the, uh, the old musicians back up? I forgot to do that. I should have done this at the beginning of that, but there you go. So I'm standing here, and I'm going to make that commitment. Because those are a couple of scriptures. You have a saying, it's four months until the harvest. The Lord's coming back next year, don't worry about it. Open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest now. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? Who's going to go with us? And I said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Now I'm going to pray that prayer of commitment in front of you this morning I'm going to stand here and pray it because this is my story but can I ask as I stand here and pray and as they play is there anybody that wants to stand with me is there anybody 
that can think about the things that I've said. Jeff, that's your story. But you know, I want it to be my story too. So I'm going to pray and I will invite anybody who's interested to stand with me. I'm going to close my eyes. That's a relief. Some people are standing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I and we come before you now and we say, here we are, Lord, send us. We want to be that witness. We want to be the risk takers. We want to stand out. We want to be a witness to tell our story of you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We want to be your witnesses in our communities. Thank you, Lord.